0: What was sealing God's people with your host, Dennis Beard? We're talking about the last day move of God, the sealing of God's people, obviously. And what is the iniquity, the lawlessness? What is that only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way? Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. That has been told to us by most of the denominational church world that that's the Holy Ghost. But that can't be the Holy Ghost because Christ in you, the hope of glory, Jesus in you, said, I will not leave you uh, until the end of the world, the end of the eon, the end of the age. Matthew 28:19. Go ye into all the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's all things of faith. Not partial faith, all things baptizing them in the name, singular name, of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. That name is Jesus Christ. And lo, I'm with you always. What, until the last seven years? Or in the middle of the tribulation? No, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Well, it's not the Holy Ghost. We see that in the book of the Revelation that John is on the Isle of Patmos for the word of God, and the testimony of Jesus Christ. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy we see in Revelation 19.10. If you've been tuning into the podcast, you know these things. And we're going to see that only those that are wise will understand these things in the last days, the latter days. And that's where the Song of Moses comes in. In Revelation 15, they sing the Song of the Lamb, but also the Song of Moses, the Shura Shad. That's a feminine song that's been in operation when they came up out of Egypt, the exodus of Israel from Egypt. We see it in Exodus 15. Miriam leads them in a dance, and they sing the Song of Moses. It begins as a bookend, so to speak, Coming out of Egypt after they crossed the Red Sea, the Red Sea. Howbeit, they go all through the wilderness. <clears throat> it was only an 11 day journey from Sinai to Passover, Jordan, into the Promised Land, into Canaan. Canaan means humiliated, <clears throat> and only those that are broken and contrite spirit will be those ones that enter in. We go to Kadesh Barnea, the house of a disobedient son. They take 40 years in getting there to Kadesh Barnea. <clears throat> but there's a way that they have to sanctify themselves because there's a way they've never been before. That the Ark of the Covenant's going over first with the priesthood and the people will follow. One man brought him out of Egypt, Moses, through the Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now going over Jordan, it's the priesthood that's going to carry the testimony over. And that, we understand, is the body of Christ in the last days as a, a figure of a shadow of things to come. And it's the priesthood that we are in the body of Christ called as a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a holy nation under God, the church of the living God. They'll be the ones. The ones that have pressed toward the mark for the pride of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus will be the only ones carrying that over. They will be the ones that will proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. He that overcometh to the end, the same shall be saved. Well, we find a verse there that Paul's talking about the coming of the Lord or gathering together unto him. And it's 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. He had already written one letter to the church at Thessalonica. And he stated, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort you one another with these words. Well, they thought the imminent return of Jesus was any second, any day, any hour, the Lord would return. So Paul sets things in order that we would know the signs of the times that's given to us freely to know. In Second Thessalonians, he writes the second letter to further expound on the coming of the Lord in the second chapter. But he tells them in the first chapter, your faith grows exceedingly. The charity of every one of you abounds one toward another. We're bound to thank God for your brethren. He's writing to the church. That all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure and tells them why they're going through it, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. And that's not just Christ in you, the Holy Ghost. That's the Kingdom Age. Only those that have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, doing the will of God, will have right to the, be kings and priests unto and the Lord our God, Jesus Christ, during the Millennial. There he explains that then in the second chapter he goes on and explains about the coming of the lord that they should not be soon shaken their mind as by letter as from us paul said this letter shooken you up it's shaking you so uh, since it has shook you up we need to clarify it. now notice he says we beseech your brother second thessalonians 1 by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together into him, the rapture, the harpazo. He is focusing on that time and we will know the last day events given to us to know the times and the seasons. No man knows the day, the hour, but it's given to us to know the times and the seasons which the Lord there is stated there in 1 Thessalonians 5. But he's clarifying it. He goes on and says, we don't want you to be soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. He knew that that first letter shook them, that they thought the imminent return of Jesus was right then, any day, any hour, so that the day of Christ is at hand. Now, John was in the spirit on the Lord's day, the day of the Lord. And me we say, well, that's not the same. Yes, it is. The day of the Lord and the Lord's days are gathered together to him. it's when at the last trump, the Lord Jesus descends from heaven with a shout. That's the trump of God, the last trump, not the seventh trumpet. The seventh trumpet, fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet are woe, 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 be unto the inhabitants of the earth, by the reason of the other three angels yet to sound. <clears throat> that's the trumpet of the angels. But the trump of God is the last trump. And at that time, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, we will all be changed at that last trumpet. That's the Lord's trumpet. That's the voice of the Lord that's a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. Now, John tells us, In Revelation 4, 1, that there was a door open in heaven to him and a voice of a trumpet talking with him, saying, come up hither. That's not a rapture. That's not the spirit there being joined back to the body that has uh, uh, there been sown in uh, dishonor, raised in honor, Uh, sown in weakness, raised in power. He's talking about a higher revelation of the word of God given to the things of faith that's going to be given to the servants of God. Revelation one, verse one. And he says, the Trump, the voice of the Lord Jesus said, come up hither and I will show you things. Revelation, things of faith. Faith is the substance of faith. Things, oh part of the evidence of things not seen. And I will show you things, John, not raptured, but throne room revelation higher than Pentecostal glory. And I will show you these things that will come to pass hereafter. That's Revelation four one. Then he takes us into the throne room. We see four and twenty seats. We see four and twenty elders. We see the four beasts, the zoe, the living creatures. And these are the ones in the body of Christ. They are the ones that have gone on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. They have gone from newborn babes to little children, knowing that he's the father. Then they've grown again from little children to young men. Because the word of God is strong in them, they've overcome the wicked one. But the final growth state is that of uh, Fathers. They've known him that's from the beginning. John tells us that in his epistle, 1 John 2 12 through 14. I write to you, fathers, full grown, the Zoe, the cherubim of glory, which are not an angel. They are the body of Christ in a higher glory, not raptured, but are in throne room revelation in the last season of God. They're not Pentecostals, they're tabernacleists. <clears throat> They've gone higher in revelation, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave in him to show unto his servants thing. That what are the things? The rapture? No. It's the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. And that is now being revealed in this last great reign of Jesus, the last great reign of history that we are to stand in, His power, not ours. And the sealing is there at the signet. We find the signet, the sign of the seal, is Haggai in the second chapter, Zerubbabel. You are my signet. You are my seal. You're my signature that I have authenticated my body, and I will seal them. This is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts to Zerubbabel, the ones that are sealed in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic ceiling. Now, we need to pay close attention to what Paul is stating there in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. We need to give the earnest heed to these things, lest a promise slip any of us. We should seem to come short of entering into his rest that remain with the rest of the people of God. An eternal Shabbat. If Jesus had given the rest, he would not have spoken of another day, and he did. <clears throat> it's the last of the last days. It's the coming of the Lord, our gathering together to him, the rapture. And that's what he is focusing on and elaborating on for our admonishing, for our benefit to know the time of his coming. And we're not to be shaken in mind or letter. Have the imminent return of Jesus because of things that must happen before he appears there the second time without sin and to salvation for the salvation of his saints. The second advent. Before then, there's a great work of the ministry. You that are in the body of Christ are called for that great work. Every individual member. That's had that measure of faith for this last day work of the ministry. You'll see that in Ephesians 4. But there are things there that we want to focus on so that we will not be deceived with these doctrines of devils, these seducing spirits that will overthrow some in strong delusion that God himself will send, not the devil. God himself will send strong delusion that they all might be damned who receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, grace is not alone. Grace reigns through righteousness and righteousness has to be obeyed. We see that in Romans 5. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offense is of one, so also the free gift is of one. A man lost it. Only a man of Adam will redeem us back. Therefore, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made of a woman, made him under the law, not above it, under it. He was an Adam after the fall. To do that, he searched for a man. He looked for, for a man and he was amazed that he could find none. Therefore, Isaiah fifty nine sixteen, Isaiah sixty three five, God said mine own arm brought salvation to me. God prepared himself his own body of flesh and blood. He did it through the Virgin Mary. And we have that in Isaiah seven fourteen. A sign will give you you ahabs, and virgins shall conceive and bring forth a son, the lesser, win, a regular man child. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us, not son of God with us. The son of God is God with us. The Father revealed the expressed image of His singular person, the only Lord God. But we have hewed out cisterns that can hold no water. Paul warned us of this. He said, immediately after my departure, grievous wolves shall come in, not sparing the flock, overturning the faith of some. He told that to Timothy. That there would be a falling away first. <clears throat> he said that in first Timothy four one. There the Spirit speaketh expressly, not inadvertently, not just maybe or perchance, but expressly it will happen. Certain will certain will happen. The certain of it. And that certain is what is in the last days. We see that certain. We want to focus on that word because in Daniel 8, there was a saint that said to that certain saint, that certain there, that certain saint is Palmona, the wonderful number, the revealer of secrets. It's a mystery. It's a secret. But it's a secret that will leaven until the whole cake is leavened. It's not something that happens instantly. It's something that happens progressively. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. Progressively becoming more vile. And At that point, Jude warns us of this just as Paul did. He said that in the book of Acts. He said it again in Colossians. Notice here in Acts that in the 20th chapter, he said in Colossians, Verse 28, take heed to yourselves and over all the flock, over the which your Holy Ghost has made you overseer, to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Now that's an admonishing to the church, the true church. But watch what after that, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing, in other words, after he goes on and be with the Lord, having his head chopped off at Viaciensis shall grievous wolves enter in among you, among the church. Now, that's important that we're not talking about outside of the church where the sinners uh, come against the true word of God, but the church itself that's in apostasy. <clears throat> the ones that have turned from the faith to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he said, they will not spare the flock. Then he goes on in verse 30. Also of your own selves shall man arise right within the church among your own selves, speaking perverse things, forward things, and to draw away disciples after them. This is within the church making disciples of them, not disciples of Christ. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciple. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, these did not continue in the word. They were pulled away with seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils speaking perverse things. Well, what, what explicitly is that? What is it? Well, we certainly need to know, you well, know, he says also again, that when look at Colossians two, Paul talking to the church of Colossians, he said, let no man beguile you of your reward. That's at the coming of the Lord. We'll all receive our reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. What? What would worshiping of angels have to do? Well, there are varying angels. These are rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And these, there, and the fifth trumpet, we find are released out of the abyss, out of the bottomless pit. They have a king over them. Apollyon. Abaddon. Destroyer. And during this time, men will be afflicted five months, only those that have not the seal of God in their forehead. We're seeing a time of trouble such as never been since it was a nation. Neither shall ever be again. But we're focusing on a mystery. The mystery of iniquity. And what is letting? What is restraining? Only he who now let it always will restrain until he that let or restrains is taken out of the way. What is that? Well, the former church in the book of Acts, in the former reign, all those said it was the Roman Empire, a civil government. And during that time, that as Rome fell, that Constantine came in in 325 and perverted with perverse doctrines. In 325, 325 AD, Constantine, the emperor, thought, uh, well, it's not good that the nation is divided in, in the civil government. There we have Romans worshiping the son God, and we have the Christian community worshiping the son of God. And he knew a nation divided against itself, any kingdom, will not stand. So he called ecumenical councils and synods and had all the church members come together and they would write a doctrinal creed. And this doctrinal creed will be published as the truth. And the truth, if any anyone obeyed not this truth, they would be burned at the stake because they have said it's the truth. Giving their counsel and saying this is the truth, and we state that it is, and anyone that comes against us in this governing body will be put to death. Well, that became the Nicene Creed or the Trinitarian doctrine that there is three coexistence persons in the one Godhead. When in truth, there's only one person. The person of God is Jesus Christ, always has been. But when he made himself of no reputation, laid aside all of his attributes, he took on him the form of a servant, still one spirit. And uh, that was made, he, God himself, was made in the likeness of men, not a second person of the Godhead. And they say, well, modalism, the Old Testament, He is the father, New Testament. He's the son. And now in modalism, he is by emanation, the Holy Ghost. No, Christ is every office of the spirit, the father right now. Christ is the every office and function of the spirit of God. That's the revelation of Christ. He's all in and all. Christ is the father. Christ is that spirit. We see it in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. But we have hewed out cisterns that can hold no water, clouds with no rain, trees twice plucked up by the roots because we deny the only Lord God. We call it Trinity. Or binary that the Lord said unto my Lord, well, there's two Lord. Not having the revelation of Jesus that he is the Christ, which is every office of the spirit. And that's by revelation. Now, Paul gives us this truth that we will not deny the only Lord God. He tells us how God works salvation in and of himself alone. But we've lost that revelation. Paul said it would. Grievous would come in, speaking perverse things, more than one person of Godhead. There's one God, but three persons. And it becomes confusing. Well, he said in Philippians 2, 6, Jesus, who being in the form of God, Morpha, that is an eternal state of being, spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, be equal. They say, well, it's co-equal. Yet, when Jesus stated in his humiliation, my father is greater than I. Well, if he's co-equal, how can the father be greater? And Jesus, speaking of himself, said, the things concerning me have an end. So, in his humiliation, there is a different, definite differentiation between the flesh that Jesus has taken on, the servant of God, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man versus the spirit. The spirit is Jesus Christ. But to work salvation for us under the law, he made himself a body of flesh and blood. God himself, Lord Jehovah God Almighty. It's born in the city of David, Christ, the Holy Ghost, the spirit, the Lord. Not Christ, the man. Flesh and blood did not birth and come or second person, the Godhead, come. It was God himself, the father of glory, Emmanuel, God with us. And that was told to us in Isaiah 9, 5. There's going to be unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Makes a differentiation there. A child is born, but a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulder, singular. The only thing that rested upon Jesus' shoulder was the cross. Well, that's the government of God is a cross. That's how we crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. We're not preaching principles. We're preaching the word. We're preaching the word of God that if a man and a believer does not crucify his flesh with the affections and the lust. Doing the will of God and the purpose of God in his life will not make the kingdom of heaven. It's stated over and over again. Yet, we're told, yes, no matter what, you're going to heaven. Your God is a God of love, and he's not going to have anybody go to hell that just claims the name of Jesus, that just speaks the name of Jesus. They're going to heaven. That is a total lie. So, Just as Paul stated, after his departing, there came in grievous wolves, not sparing the flock, speaking perverse things among themselves within the church. They're worshiping of angels. These, these different powers, there's different angels, angelic forces, for everything in God that works according to his attributes. For example, God is love. He is power. And in power, the Holy Ghost power, there is to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devil, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walking can go free. Jesus confirms his word today, just like he did yesterday, for he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yet, the individual angelic host can be worshipped rather than the creator himself. We worship the creative act rather than the creator. We give glory to God who is the supreme being and creator of all. But it's easy when a person says, well, God has given me this gift, and then we begin to worship that man or as a God over us, that this is a man of God and they start receiving worship, which are approved among men, not approved of God. And that's what a heresy is or denomination that those which are approved among you may be made manifest. Well, it's a voluntary humility, worshiping of angels. They feel the power. It's an angelic host, but they attribute it to that angel and not to god it's a very subtle way of worshiping angels and losing and worshiping the only lord god almighty and by doing that displacing the lord god almighty giving him the glory in all things which is the captain of our salvation and all the heavenly host is in under him we worship the host of heaven rather than him That will happen greatly in the last days you'll see more and more of hollywood going into the spiritual realm with ghosts and spirits and all these kinds of seducing spirits and we don't realize that these spirits have a controlling force if we let them in you have to war against that you can't just open your spirit up you have to gird up the loins of your mind And as an anchor to the soul and be circumspect. As an anchor to the soul. Not openly, with an open mind for all these spirits, only to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a very subtle, but pronounced lifting up of the angelic host. Rather than God himself, who is the creator. They worship the created more than the creator. It's an easy pit to fall into. And Paul warns, no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Watch it. And not holding the head, the head of it all, capital H, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are angelic hosts when we have Jairus' daughter and he's going to go ahead to heal her. And the centurion. We find that Jesus goes in, puts those out and heals the daughter. He goes into the centurion and he says, notice what the centurion says. Just speak the word, Lord. You don't have to come to my house. I'm a man under authority also. I say to this one, go and do it. And that one, go and do that. And they obey me. So you just speak the word as a man of authority. And then my daughter be healed. Hmm. So Jesus said, I have not found so great faith. Notice he's worshiping the Lord Jesus, not the host and under him that are ministering spirits for those who are heirs of salvation. It is a very slippery slope there that will be predominant in the last days. Not only that, he said, you're not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increase with the increase of God. Watch what he says. If you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, that is, you crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts, then why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not. What are these? Which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. Well, I can tell you, being on the evangelistic field, been in the ministry for almost 50 years, that we'll go to one church and they'll have a certain set of doctrines that you must abide by. Everything that you can think of. We don't wear red. We don't wear uh, purple in the church. The women are not allowed to that to wear that or then there'll be uh, things touch not, taste not, handle not, which of the using thereof are going to perish. But they use the worldly ordinances. But these are commandments of men. Why? They, they can rule over you. Now, if someone has a conviction that they have on their knees, not from someone telling them this is what you must do, but that you received it from the Lord Jesus Christ, and he asks you or gives you a command not to do something. Well, then obey that. That'll be a personal walk with your Savior. But you don't take that in the fleshly realm and about and put it over all the church and say, this is essential for salvation. Now you've made it a commandment and doctrine of men. Which things, it has indeed a show of humility or a person doesn't drink Cokes or a coffee or touch not this or touch not that. Well, it has a show of wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh. But still, if you put it over the body of Christ, he said, this is commandment and doctrines of men. And in the last days, that's going to be predominant. And anything goes. Anything goes. You can have church and the world too. You don't crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust, because God takes you just as you are, no sanctification, which is a lie. So Paul warns of that. We also come there in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. And he talks about before the coming of the Lord, before the rapture, before we're gathered together unto him, that we there's a deception coming. And he says in verse 3, that's 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. A falling away first, yes, and a man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now we know, that there's a seven-head, ten-horn, ten crowns upon his horns there, uh, uh, beast there in Revelation 13. We know that that is in the governments of men, that it will be a one-world government made up of a leopard, bear, and lion, and we find that in Daniel 7. We understand that. And this will be over all the world. However, they will come out of that Three horns will fall, one will come up and son of perdition, a man of sin. And notice that at that point that the man of sin is revealed. And he comes against the saints of the living God and prevails against the saints, the church, not national Israel, for 42 months, times, times a half, three and a half years. Then he says, Here is the faith and patience of the saints. Here's what you must know when your patience you your soul. Those that lead into captivity, they led you into captivity, the true body of Christ, they're going to go into captivity. Those that killed you with a sword, they're going to die by the sword. We see that in Under the fifth Seal. Souls of them slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. That's a last day faith, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. And they cried out to the Lord, O Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before thou avenge our blood upon them that dwell on the earth? In other words, we were killed. How long are you going to wait before you avenge our blood on them? Well, white robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. And it was said in my hearing, John said, until your fellow brethren and your fellow servants that should be killed as you were should be fulfilled. There's more that's going to die. Why? Why are they putting the Christians to death? Jesus tells us, you think I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. Sword? Well, the devil says peace, and by peace shall destroy many. Takes the kingdom by flatteries. He divides the prey in the spoil. Arms stand on his part. And he forecasts his vices and prospers. Yet the true body of Christ stand lifting up the head, Jesus Christ alone, the only Lord God. And that point Jesus said in John 16, behold, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. This is going to offend many because iniquity shall abound. The love of many will wax cold. Iniquity is lawlessness. And we're going to see that in 2 Thessalonians 2. And Paul is going to explain it, expound on it, and hit the nail on the head exactly what we need to know. And Jesus stated there, the time comes they're going to deliver you up out of the synagogue. They're going to cast your name out for evil out of the churches. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think, that he did God a service. This was then the body of Christ. These things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. Jesus is the Father revealed, the only Lord God. But that is the reason they're killing you. That's the reason they crucified Jesus. Thou being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus told Pilate, "What if you shall see the Son of Man?" Ascend back up to where he was before. Glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Even in the oneness doctrine, we have Jesus standing at the right hand of God, seated in the heavenly place at the right hand, which is not Car, which is a physical right hand. No, it's Dexios, simply means elevated. That is Jesus points us to that in Revelation 3.21, in the revealing of himself. He said, those that overcome, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. I've made that for you. But where did you go, Jesus? You sat beside the throne. You're standing beside the throne. Even as I overcame and am set, not S-I-T, like set in a position, that's where I made for you. That's where you're not took on a body of flesh and blood to redeem you, that you could be there in the body of Christ, the body of Christ that i made for you a place for you to dwell in. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and him set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, set positionally, but S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory that he's always been God, always will be God, and is God and will be God. Sit down with my father beside the throne, around the throne. No, in his throne. Jesus is the father revealed. And that's the reason why that's righteousness. And righteousness is the Holy Ghost will prove the world of righteousness. John 16, because he proceeded from the father and came into the world. The father came into the world. That's what he's saying. He came from God. He went back to God. What came from God himself, his spirit, his word, the word and the father, one and the same spirit, different offices, different functions, same spirit, not persons. No, because Jesus stated in John 8:24, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory. You shall die in your sins. This they understood not. He spake to them of the father. They don't understand at the day that he is the only Lord God, but there's something that is, holding that Antichrist, the son of perdition, a man of sin, of which three horns fell, one came up. He's the eighth another seven. When he cometh, he goeth into perdition. Something's holding him. Something's restraining him. And we're told it's a Holy Ghost. <laughs> no, God himself is the one who sent a strong delusion. It says so in 2 Thessalonians 2. Well, let's take a look. He said... Uh, that no man deceive you by any means. And he's already told Timothy. This spirit speaketh expressly in the latter days some shall depart from the faith. They were in the faith, they lost it. They were beguiled by these ungodly men. Jude talks about them. There are certain men that have crept in unawares who were foreordained to this condemnation, to this damnable heresy. Ungodly men denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we say, well, then that the Father and the Son? No, there's only one Lord. Well, the Lord said unto my Lord, well, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D in Matthew 22, 42, is the Invisible Spirit of God, the Father of glory, the El Shaddai, the Elohim, Lord Jehovah. That's the Invisible Spirit of God. Said unto my Lord, that is Adon, capital L, small or D. That is that spirit revealed in flesh. Yes. The only one Lord. And Jesus is stating that truth. And the Pharisees don't get it. It was a spirit back then. It's a spirit that here is prevalent today. Because he asked them in Matthew twenty-two forty-two, 42, they didn't have the revelation of Christ. And he said, what think you of Christ? The question is, what is Christ?" What think you of Christ? Whose son is he? Little S-O-N. That is flesh. They said the son of David. Then Jesus said, quoting David, Psalm 110, verse one, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, said unto my Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, Set thou at my right hand, until I make thine into his footstool. If David in spirit calleth him Lord, the man who is God, How is he then his son? If he's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty revealed, then how is it that Christ is David's son? They didn't understand it. Can't answer it today because they don't believe in the only Lord God. They denied it. Well, the Lord, capital L O R D, is the invisible spirit of God. But the capital L, small Lord, he said unto my Lord, that's the Spirit of God revealed, the expressed image of this singular person. Hebrews 1-3, there's only one. And that's what Jesus said in Isaiah 43-10. Thus saith the Lord, the Invisible Spirit of God, Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen. You chose the servant? Yes. That you may know and believe me and understand believe God, not these cunningly devised fables not these ungodly men that have crept in unawares, bringing in damnable heresies ordained to this condemnation, denying the only Lord God. God said that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he the Lord is that servant yes, right that we have hewn out. Sisters that can hold no water, we're denying the only Lord God. God's restoring that faith now to those that have an ear. Tune in daily to our podcast. There's much more to come. We will keep on elaborating this and lifting up the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. And there's not another. Well, write to me, Dennis Spirit Post Office Box 2906 on New Texas, zip code 75606. Join me at jcic.tv where we get into the Word of God and live streaming at 6 o'clock daily, 2 o'clock on Sunday, Monday through Saturday, 6 p.m., Central Standard Time. Till the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.